In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. President Biden won Georgia, but he's got big problems here now. Hear me plainly. The battle for the soul of America is not over. Welcome to Politically Georgia. I'm Greg Bluestein, your host, with my fellow AJC political insider, Patricia Murphy. And one of the things we are proud of is that this organization is committed to paying for the research and the poll to independently find out where Georgians stand on key issues. The AJC has released our first poll of 2022, and that's what this episode is all about, because we have a lot to dig into. We'll tell you why former President Trump may actually hurt more than he'll help in this campaign, where voters stand on the security of the election, abortion, gun rights, all sorts of major issues that are before the legislature. But first, let's start with President Biden's approval rating. It's dropping like a rock in the place where he pulled off one of his most impressive victories in 2020. Joe Biden was here just a couple weeks ago for a speech to pump up voting rights legislation. Here in Georgia, for years, you've done the hard work of democracy, registering voters, educating voters, getting voters to the polls. And Patricia, we talked about then how it wasn't a total warm and fuzzy visit. There was voting rights groups boycotted. Stacey Abrams bypassed the event. But still, you had the bulk of the Democratic establishment in Georgia there. And, you know, there's no way that Democratic candidates can walk away, can distance themselves from Joe Biden. And that's why these this, this plummeting approval ratings are so concerning to them. So, Greg, I feel like we've seen the Democrats rise and fall together. So the fact that Joe Biden is uh, in the tank right now, down in a third approval rating with Georgia voters, that cannot feel good to other Georgia Democrats because we saw other Democrats in November and in 2021 in those runoffs really fueled by the win that Joe Biden was able to put on the board. It felt like a Democratic victory. It didn't feel like a Joe Biden victory. And I think when we start to dig into these numbers, we start to see, well, was that a Joe Biden victory? Was it a Donald Trump defeat? Um, is it that he is not doing enough for black, for black voters or he's just doing it poorly? Is he doing too much um, progressive stuff that's making independents feel uncomfortable? Or is that he's not talking enough about what he's done for independent voters? It's hard to really parse exactly what's going wrong for Joe Biden and Democrats right now. But it's very clear that it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And and we've seen his his poll numbers just plummet, as we mentioned. They're off a cliff. Uh, they're at 51% approval ratings in, our, in the AJC's last poll in May. It's at 34% now. Um, his disapproval ratings are in the 60s. Um, this is not where he wants to be. And troubling for him and for other Democrats is there are signs, the coalition he built to win in Georgia. 
um, independence, suburban Republicans who were disgusted with, with, with former President Trump and black voters are starting to either turn away from him or be concerned by him. You know, his, his, his disapproval ratings among Democrats shot up from uh, around 5 to 20. His numbers with independents dropped by double digits. And among black voters, his disapproval ratings more than quadrupled from 8 to 36. So not exactly great signs if you're looking, if you're a Democrat looking to try to reforge that coalition in November. It, that's so true. And I think that if we go back to when Joe Biden was elected, so much of that here in Georgia felt like it had a lot to do with Donald Trump. Um, even rewind into the Democratic primary, and it really did not feel like Joe Biden was the very first choice of the most progressive voters in Iowa and New Hampshire. He did not perform well, though. Well, there it really took until South Carolina with the Black Southern Democrats for him to really get his sea legs and really get some momentum, even the, in the Democratic primary. So he's never been the guy that the progressives wanted all along. Um, he almost doesn't feel like the guy who the younger Black Democrats wanted all along, but he certainly was the choice for the older Black Democrats, for Jim Clyburn. That was really when that race turned around. Um, then you get into November and independents had a choice. It was a choice between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Right now, when we're polling this, it's a choice between, are you feeling good about Joe Biden? Or are you feeling bad about Joe Biden? He's not up against anybody who is a drastically inferior candidate. And so this is just uh, the naked the naked feelings of how Georgians are feeling about him. Um, it's very clear he has a lot of work to do in order to right this ship. And Patricia, not being the guy who the progressives wanted was such an asset to him um, earlier in Georgia. You know, we saw in the runoffs, Republicans were much more reluctant to attack him than they were, say, to attack his, his running mate, Kamala Harris, or to attack Stacey Abrams, or to attack other Democrats seen as more liberal. But that has kind of turned on its head now, now that he's president. And look, this always happens. You know, it's, it's very hard for, for the party in power to win, uh, pick up seats and pick up, pick up votes in a midterm year. Right, so this is not this. This is historically this is what happens, um, but you're you're definitely seeing Republicans try relentlessly to tie Stacey Abrams to tie Raphael Warnock to Joe Biden's policies in a way that we certainly didn't see kind of last year at this time. Yeah, and I think also um, I think there's some real reasons behind these numbers. If you think about what are the most sort of outstanding and memorable pieces of the last year, um, certainly uh, Afghanistan stands out as just a real low moment for Joe Biden that was never quite um, explained or made better in the conversation following it. Um, and then COVID has just continued to go on, and um, despite the fact that there are a lot of different reasons why COVID is still raging, um, has a lot to do with vaccination rates. It has a lot to do with people choosing not to protect themselves against COVID. Um, but it still falls on the president. He had really promised and said, we are going to put COVID behind us. He almost had the mission accomplished moment with COVID um, earlier this year and uh, said, we're going to turn the page. And I, we're just not there yet. And you can really feel the drag in people's moods every day. I mean, it, you don't have to live in Georgia. I think everybody feels it every single day. And and I think that inflation also is something that this administration has got to address. I went to the grocery store on Saturday, spent $300, and um, I don't even, I think I went in for a gallon of milk. <laughs> you know, I ended up with a whole lot more, and it, the, the milk didn't cost $300, but everything was a lot more expensive than I remember it. And so 
people are just every 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 point in their day. It's it's even beyond politics. It's that there are some still some things structurally and fundamentally in this country that feel like they're not quite working. Well, Patricia, that's a it's a great point because you know the, the poll laid bare the concerns of Georgians about the economy. First, it found that Georgians are really in a pessimistic mood. Most Georgians, 71%, believe the nation is headed down the wrong track. That includes nearly all Republicans, about half of Democrats. And compare that with the May results, that was when only 52% of Georgians who felt that way. Um, views of the state were slightly better, but still it was about half Georgians said the state was on the wrong track as well. But when it came to the economy, a significant majority of Georgians felt like they were better off last year at this time than they are now in terms of their economic view. And nearly 80% of Georgians felt they were impacted in some way, either significantly or, or just noticeably, when it came to inflation, as you mentioned. So it's something that Republicans can easily tie Democratic candidates to and something that, that Joe Biden, his administration, and all his allies are going to be fighting to, to combat over the next year. Yeah, and I think there's um, there's just a really interesting dynamic in Georgia in that all of the Republican power really is concentrated here in the state, and the Democratic power is up in Washington. It's further away from us. It's harder to understand exactly what it is everybody's doing all day. Um, and here in the state, we have the governor coming out almost every day with a new jobs report, with a new report about a factory coming to town. Um, we have also just more Republican state legislators. They're able to message better. They're able to get out into their communities better and really hammer the Biden administration and, and blame them for a lot of these things on their own local news and in their own local media um, and certainly on their own uh, social media. So I think it's, uh, it's a challenge. It's a messaging challenge um, for sure. Um, but again, as we were saying, there just are some serious, significant underlying structural problems um, that are very hard to fix. And if they were easy to fix, they would be over by now. Yeah, issues that involve the supply chain, issues that are exacerbated, fancy word, by coronavirus, and, and again, issues that will take months, years um, to really work out. Um, and look, the other thing is that we should note the problems in the poll go beyond just Joe Biden. Stacey Abrams was trailing Governor Kemp in a hypothetical head-to-head -head matchup. She was also behind David Perdue, but by a more narrow margin. Um, not exactly a great sign for her, but again, she hasn't really started her campaign in, in, in full effect yet. She's not really spent any money or, or gotten her message out to a wider audience. Also, um, Herschel Walker, the Republican frontrunner in the U.S. Senate race, is leading Democratic incumbent Raphael Warnock by a few points. Um, Senator Warnock does much better against Gary Black, but right now he is trailing way behind Herschel Walker in all the public polls and internal polls we've seen. So, you know, this is a troubling sign for, for, for Democrats that Herschel Walker, a candidate who most Georgians just know by name, but we don't know where his policies were, where he stands on a lot of issues, is, is now the presumptive, well, is now at least has an edge in the AJC poll over Senator Warnock. Yeah, I think that's a number that jumped out at a lot of Democrats this morning, and that just struck fear into their hearts. It's very easy to understand why Joe Biden is having a rough go of it right now. He's had a lot of um, visible defeats. It is a lot harder for Democrats to understand what is going on with Raphael Warnock and Stacey Abrams, um, because while they're tied to Joe Biden in, in that they certainly are Democrats, they're not Joe Biden cronies, you know, they're not of the Joe Biden inside circle. 
And so I think uh, they're going to have to start uh, doing some serious thinking. I'm, I'm sure they're doing their own internal polling to get to the bottom of this, because this is the last place they want to be um, at this point. In 2022, Raphael Warnock has been able to raise an enormous amount of money. Um, and it has to be said that nobody in that Republican race has the money really to go out and up against Herschel Walker to start to do any kind of negative messaging against him. Um, nobody has laid any kind of ad out to really aggressively push Herschel Walker on issues, push Herschel Walker on things he said in the past. So right now, he really is just sort of a pristine candidate with a really wonderful reputation as a, just a hometown hero here in Georgia. I think the further we get into this race, his numbers um, are likely to start to slip. Um, but uh, Raphael Warnock for Democrats here in the state, it, speaking of a hometown hero, they are so pleased with Raphael Warnock and for him to be losing to Walker at this point has really uh, sent them all doing a little bit of soul searching to figure out what's going on here. You know, um, it's a great point because Raphael Warnock has hundreds of millions of dollars behind his name, you know, either good or bad from from last year's Senate runoffs, which are the most expensive Senate campaigns in, in, in the nation's history. Everyone seems to know David Perdue for the same reason. And of course, Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams have like nearly universal name recognition. Herschel Walker has name recognition, but for another reason, right? From his football, from his, his, his athletic prowess, from his just being a celebrity. You know, we've reported on his history of mental illness and alleged violence against women, um, about his gaffes and about his his reluctance to talk to the media, to say the least. But, you know, that, that's what insiders are kind of gobbling up now. The wider population hasn't paid attention. But as Democrats, I mentioned how Stacey Abrams hasn't really started spending money yet. As Raphael Warnock's campaign starts turning up the heat, which they might not do for a few more months, um, it'll be interesting to see how that affects Herschel Walker's numbers and his image overall. Yeah, I think that'll that'll um, that's just entirely likely to change. Um, another thing that is also likely to change is just um, Joe Biden's fortunes. You know, what goes down must come up in politics eventually. And uh, you just look at something that came so out of the blue yesterday with um, with the Supreme Court retirement announcement, and that gives Joe Biden an entirely new opportunity to get in um, much better stead with those liberal voters that he really needs to get back on his side. So. Things can change really quickly in politics, but this is just not at all where Democrats want to be. It's only been a year since they were, have been coming off just a historic win for themselves here in the state. I think they really believe they would have that momentum going a little bit longer than they have. And right now, it's just very clear that that momentum is not only gone, they're going in reverse. This is You're exactly right. I mean, he could, he could well reverse this slide. And Republicans trying to turn this election into a referendum on Joe Biden, it could backfire. Now, we've talked about why Democrats should be concerned with the AJC poll. When we come back, we'll talk about why Republicans should be worried a little bit as well. This is Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. 
Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. And we're back. Your subscriptions to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are the reason why we're able to do our work and provide this informative polling during election season. If you're not a subscriber, please join us. Go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast and get unlimited digital access for the first month for 99 cents. We know you'll enjoy what you read. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. Okay, Patricia, let's get right to the rest of the poll because there were some really interesting numbers on some of the top Republican initiatives in Georgia. That's why this poll was such a mixed bag. On the one hand, it had terrible news for Joe Biden and, and for, for, for Democrats overall. But on the other hand, it was a clear rejection. Voters had a clearly rejected some of the top Republican priorities this legislative session. And let's start with what the poll found about what, what Republicans call constitutional carry, but is widely more, more widely regarded as one of the most extensive rollbacks of gun regulations in Georgia history. And uh, there is a overwhelming rejection of what, what, what we know as is this permitless carry in Georgia. Yes, very quickly this year, Governor Brian Kemp came out and said that passing constitutional carry, also known as permitless carry, translated as you don't need a permit to carry a gun in Georgia, um, would be one of his top priorities. And we have seen almost the entire Republican um, state Senate caucus come out in favor of that as well. All of the top leaders saying constitutional carry, check, good is done. Um, but if you go back to uh, last legislative session, there was a very narrow gun bill um, that had to do with applying for permits online versus actually going into the office to having to apply for your permit. And that piece of legislation did not pass at the very end um, because there had been a mass shooting in Atlanta just a few weeks before. And so uh, Speaker David Ralston said, you know, I want to be sensitive to the situation there. Um, this is just not a good time to pass that. So let a few months pass and suddenly Republicans are coming back from a moment when they were feeling it was too sensitive to pass a very small, narrow tailored expansion of gun rights is more of a kind of a convenience issue to now the concept of just not needing a permit. Um, that is just a massive change, of course, to have it uh, something that's always been um, sort of on the list for Republicans. It has not been at the top of the list for Republicans. Um, and so I think that they are hearing from Georgia voters, especially at a time when public safety and crime is a is a significant problem in uh, cities large small rural areas around the state um it's a there are two conversations happening at the same time um and i think we are seeing in this poll where georgia voters feel patricia i wanted to read the exact question that we asked our poll respondents so that we have complete clarity about how this answer came about we asked do you agree or disagree that adults in Georgia should be allowed to carry concealed handguns in public without a license? And I was surprised. This might have been my most surprising answer. Only about 28% said they agree. 21% said strongly agree. Another 7% said somewhat agree. So 28% 
but a whopping 70%. That's a huge, <laughs> that's an overwhelming majority. 70% said they disagree with 60% of that being strongly. It crossed all cross sections of Georgia, Democrats, Republicans, independents, significant numbers of all those subsections said that they uh, were concerned by this legislation. And to say that this is one of the most most pressing, or the biggest legislative priorities uh, of, of Republicans this year is kind of an understatement. And this is the first piece of Governor Kemp's agenda that he, he rolled out. Uh, it was quickly endorsed by Speaker Ralston. Uh, it was backed by Lieutenant Governor Jeff, Jeff Duncan. So this is not some kind of fringe, you know, okay, we'll see some, some backbencher supporting this. This is this is what the governor has pledged to sign this this session and 70% of Georgians oppose it. Yes, and it really makes me wonder what Republicans are going to do with that issue because it is obviously very popular with Republican base voters. That's very clear. Um, but that's really what a messaging issue is for, is to be popular with your base voters. But when you're talking about actually pushing through meaningful legislation, especially something that is the most dramatic loosening of gun re uh, regulations in the state that we've ever seen. I mean, at almost eliminates gun registration and uh, gun regulation totally. Um, it's a big issue. It's a top priority for the NRA. There are very similar um, bills moving through the legislatures in Alabama, Florida, Indiana. Um, it's no coincidence that this is coming through the legislature right now. But if I am a Democratic ad maker, I am seeing one-fifth support for uh, constitutional carry, and I'm getting out my list to write down every Republican who votes for that, because that is a huge problem problem in a general election. And I think when you start to look into um, the demographics and the areas that are crucial in a statewide election, it's those suburban voters, particularly suburban women, um, who are uh, pretty concerned with legislation like this, I would say, with efforts to loosen gun restrictions in this way. Um, and so I don't know what Republicans are going to do about this. It's it's clearly a political loser in a general, um, but it's something that we know their base really wants. And we also know that Governor Kemp is facing such a stiff primary challenge from David Perdue that he was, it always seemed, maybe he would have done this regardless. I bet he probably would have pushed this legislation regardless because he promised it in 2018. But still, it certainly is something that he can go out and say to a conservative crowd, I'm not some closet Democrat. I am the most conservative Republican governor in Georgia history. And on your note about suburban women, there's another poll question we had that speaks directly to that. The biggest, the biggest debate in the Georgia legislature in 2019 was the so-called heartbeat bill, which banned virtually all abortions after about six weeks of pregnancy. This was Governor Kemp's top priority, that legislative session. And now there's talk of, of new abortion restrictions or limits. There's also, of course, the Supreme Court case involving Roe v. Wade, which could end up overturning or reversing some of its tenets. Well, we asked registered Georgia voters about whether or not they want to see the Supreme Court completely overturn its Roe versus Wade decision or not. And I'll say again, this number also surprised me. 68% said no, only 24% said yes, and the remaining 8% hadn't, either hadn't come to a decision or, or just don't know. But you know that is, that is another, just like with the gun question, this was an overwhelming vote of support for keeping Roe v. Wade, which of course established a woman's constitutional right to an abortion. Yeah, the abortion debate for the last 40 years has been almost academic. And 
the idea was that it seemed almost impossible for the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. And so any discussion about um, actual abortion restrictions, even the abortion restriction um, that uh, that uh, the legislature passed in 2019, that I think there was a big assumption that that would be caught up in the courts and that it would not go into law. Uh, that is very clearly not the case right now with the new makeup of the Supreme Court. Uh, this is a live issue. This is a very real situation. And I think that women voters, um, especially suburban women voters, are going to be newly activated on this issue in a way that they haven't been. And so when you start to look at what's going on at the Supreme Court and then have a simultaneous conversation about enacting almost total abortion restrictions. You get way down to that nut of just extreme far-right Republican voters who are in favor of that. It's, again, that kind of uh, fifth to a quarter of voters uh, who favor that kind of legislation, that kind of anti-abortion legislation. It's the same number that also favors lifting almost all restrictions on guns and carrying guns here in the state of Georgia. Um, and so I think Republicans, while this poll has a lot of good news for them in terms of how poorly the Democrats are faring, they're going to have to really do some soul searching as well to really balance the question of um, how far are we going to go in a Republican primary and still be able to get back to the center in a general election? And just at a fundamental level, do Georgians even want the solutions that we're selling? That is the question that I see in a lot of these poll numbers. Um, and the answer is no. Yeah. And another no came in a follow-up question about Roe v. Wade. And it was exactly on the, the, the topic you just, you just brought up, saying that the heartbeat law, the anti-abortion law in Georgia is currently blocked from taking effect. If the Supreme Court allows states to impose abortion restrictions, do you support or oppose the Georgia law from going into effect? And Patricia, 54% of, of, of Georgia voters, so a majority, said that they either strongly or somewhat oppose it, compared to about 38% who um, somewhat or strongly support it. So you know, that again is another sign of general broader pushback. And one more poll question I want to bring up to you though, because this is this could be seen as as frightening or as I don't know, as 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 soothing, <laughs> depending on how you look at it. But this is the question, do you believe there is widespread voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election or not? 56% of Georgians said no. Okay, so majority, but still 38% of Georgians said yes. So I kind of see that as a mixed bag. I, I'm, I'm grateful as a, as a citizen of Georgia, as, as a reporter who's been, who's been helping and, and working with my colleagues to expose all the lies about election fraud in Georgia, that a majority of voters say there was not um, widespread voter fraud in 2020, but still the fact that more than a third, including uh, a significant number of Republicans, feel there was it kind of cuts to the heart of the 2022 argument, you know, of, of, of the ongoing concerns about, about protecting democracy that, that we still face. So, Greg, I would like to encourage you to raise your bar and your expectations for confidence in democracy. I think 56% is not soothing. That is not soothing at all to me. Um, and 
fourth, uh, nearly three fourths of Republican voters think the last election was stolen. That and there is simply no evidence of that. But there is a lot of rhetoric about that from Donald Trump. And so um, I think we have, uh, and there's been almost no movement in that number. By the way, we uh, conducted a very similar poll with a similar question this time last year, and it was about three quarters of Republican voters who thought that the 2020 election was stolen. So all of the evidence, all of the counts, the recounts, um, the investigations, uh, none of that has really budged that number. And I think that's, I mean, that really is a fundamental problem um, as a society that we're going to have to grapple with. Um, but then also as an elected official, um, I have to say, Brian Kemp is the one elected official who have, I have talked to recently who said, I have full confidence in the next election. I, you know, Because I said, well, a lot of Republicans have said they want to go back in and continue tinkering with election laws and maybe look at some new restrictions, look at some new changes, look at some new bans on drop boxes, et cetera. And he said, I think that uh, SB202 got the job done. And so I asked him, well, you're on the ballot in May. And uh, if all goes well in November again, are you confident in that election? And he said, yes. Yeah. He likes to cite the Heritage Action Report that says Georgia is the number one state for voter integrity. So that's his go-to answer saying, you know, we're the number one state. Why, why be worried? Well, before we go, a quick reminder that if you aren't doing so already, please rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe to this podcast because we need your help to grow the show as election 2022 ramps up. Now, if you need something else to listen to this weekend, head back to Wednesday's edition of Politically Georgia and hear why the battle lines are clearly being marked in the fight for Buckhead. And Hawks fans, a new edition of our hot new podcast, The Hawks Report, comes out on Monday and the Hawks winning streak continues. Five and zero since the podcast came out. Five and zero, and you know the team is crediting AJC beat reporter Sarah Spencer. She will be joined by point guard Delon Wright in her next show. Again, thank you as always for joining hey, us. Hey, 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 before we go, uh, aren't you going NBC or something? Oh yes. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. A couple a couple minutes ago, I was on MSNBC where they announced formally what we've been working on behind the scenes for a while, which is. Uh, I am joining MSNBC and NBC News as a contributor. Of course, I'm not leaving the AJC. That just means that um, I, I am signed a contract with them to help share the news about Georgia and help help a national audience understand what our listeners already do, that Georgia is the premier battleground state in the nation. Which that means you're still going to do the podcast, right? Yeah, it, mean, it means we're oh. still doing the podcast for sure. <laughs> That's some side hustle, Greg Bleestein. <laughs> Between right, that please, and the please close out the show properly now. Okay. This is Greg Bluestein signing off for Politically Georgia. <laughs> I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving arts scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Oh, 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 oh